0: Welcome to another edition of the Talking Metal Podcast, home of all things hard rock and heavy metal. I'm Mark Striegel, host and producer of this show since 2005. Now, let's get things started with the Talking Metal theme song, written by Rob Halford, Metal Mike, and Roy Z. Of talking metal, we have Michael Angelo here on the show tonight, and I love this guy. You know, I've been a fan of his since I was literally like 14 or 15 years old, going to see him play at the the all ages shows with his band Holland in the uh, in the club known as the Thirsty Whale in the Chicago suburbs. Back when I was a teenager, a lot of people, you know, think of me of this as this New York, New Jersey guy, which is where I've spent. A good portion of my life but I I had this part of my life when I was in seventh and eighth grade I I moved to the Milwaukee uh, Wisconsin area and then after that I for four and a half years moved down to the Chicago suburbs and um, even though I was only there you know four and a half years, it's such an important part of my life. I used to go see bands play and one of those bands was was Holland, which uh, great band, Tommy Holland on vocals, Mike Badio, Michelangelo Badio on guitar. Great stuff. And I followed Mike's career after that. After I moved to Jersey, I remember going down to see Nitro play in a club in I think Germantown, uh, kind of a part of Philadelphia. And always kind of followed his career. And I'm psyched to hear that Nitro is getting back together with one of my favorite, I guess, modern drummers, I'd call him, Chris Adler, who's been on the podcast numerous times and is just a great guy. So we will talk to Michael in just a bit. Right now, let's hit an email. All righty. This is uh, from Anthony. Hi, Mark. I'm listening to the podcast with the call from the guy about the website speed. I just checked it in Firefox, Mac OS 8, 10.6.8, Shiite Web Connection, and it loaded in no time at all. Very fast. Almost instant. Keep up the good work. You do yourself a disservice by repeatedly talking about John's absence. The shows you do together are fun, and you should continue to do them when you can, but leave it at that, man. Emily's interviews are great. Cool. Yeah, Anthony, I think you're right. You know, and I, I was kind of burnt out on talking about John's absence. Uh, but then I got that call and I, I felt a need to discuss it even more, but you're right. Enough has been said about that. And I love John just spoke with him. He's out on the road with ACE always saying he wants to do more talking metal. And honestly, I, I hope he, he does, you know, I, I, we got a numerous things going on behind the scenes here we're trying to figure out. Uh, Want to do some more exciting stuff for you with Talking Metal. Uh, yeah, so so stay tuned. We'll see where it goes. I don't even know where this is going at this point. Um, and I, I'm loving it. I love hearing from people like Anthony. Send an email in. Uh, Anthony, you're a hardcore Talking Metal head. Thanks for your support, dude. On that note, let's hear some of Eric Kluber's band. This guy has been on the podcast for years and years. He's been coming on and uh, always love his music. This is Iron Odd on Talking Metal. Fire Eater by Iron Knot Thank you, Eric And I hope I'm pronouncing that right Iron Knot Iron Knot, right? Iron Knot, or is it Iron Knot? I think it's Iron Knot Iron Knot Eric told me it's like astronaut But do you say astronaut or astronaut? But Alright, Iron Knot Eric, thank you Thank you for giving us so much music Through the years So many bands, so much great stuff Such an underrated guitar player Eric Kluber Going all the way back to the overloaded days He's uh, been out in L.A. now for a number of years Overloaded, of course, a Michigan band But he's been out in L.A. now for a number of years Doing his thing out there And A lot of respect for people like that Who Do the music thing Because it's not always an easy road And a guy like that He's an artist, man He's doing it He is doing it for a love of it. I mean, and uh, big props to that guy. Cool. All right. Big props to this guy, Michelangelo Badio. Love him. You know, I always play Holland music when he's on, and maybe we'll hit a Holland song later, but we got to play Nitro, right? I mean, and and Nitro, a lot, a lot of great stuff from Nitro, but definitive Nitro right here, right? Freight Train, Let's check it out. Old school Nitro. And then we'll get into my interview with Michael Angelo Badio. This is off the OFR record by Nitro going way back to 1989. I saw him on this tour again. It was in a, a little club. In the Philly area, believe it or not, because I was living in, in Trenton, uh, Princeton actually at the time. Pennington, between Princeton, Princeton and Trenton, New Jersey. I drove down to the Philly area to see Nitro play. Got in a car wreck on the way back. Actually, uh, yeah, those are the days. But the show was great, and always love seeing this song on the Headbangers Ball too. Anyways, I'm rambling. Freight Train by Nitro from 1989, followed by my brand new interview with Michael. Angelo Badio. This is Mark Striegel of Talking Metal and checking in with us for, I believe, the third or fourth time here on the podcast is the one, the only, one of my favorite guitar players of all time, Michelangelo Badio. How are you, Michael?
1: I'm doing great, Mark. Thanks.
0: So great to talk with you again. And I, I guess it was a little before, I don't know, a little before the new year, I I logged on, I think, to Blabbermouth or one of the, the metal news sites, and, and there I saw something that just put the biggest smile on my face. Honestly, I was so excited when I read this. Nitro, yes. back, back together, and as an added bonus, one of my favorite, a guy who's been on Talking Metal probably three or four times also, uh, Chris Adler, one of my favorite modern drummers. Um, wow, I, I have to admit that I'm surprised. I mean, I didn't know that you guys were tight with Chris Chris Adler. I didn't know there was a connection. Where'd you guys meet him?
1: Well, we actually didn't neither one of us knew him, Jim Gillette or I. And we were we were at my house recording demos and writing songs and I have this really good drum software and, and I'm 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 a really good drum programmer. You know, and it, and it gets the feel of the music when you can program, you know, a pretty cool beat and you know, you get a good idea what your song sounds like rather than just recording it to a click track or right. So anyway, we're I'm doing these kind of advanced level drums. And Jim comes up to me, he goes, who do you think we should get for drums? And we're shaking our heads. And he goes, Chris Adler. And I'm thinking lamb of God's drummer. And wow. neither one of us had ever met him. We didn't know him. And I, but I work with a publicist, um, um named Suzanne Penley, uh, Her her significant other is David Vinson from Morbid Angel, he's a super close friend of mine. Sure. And and so and she works with Chris. So I called I called Suzanne and I told her, you know, we're interested in, you know, getting Chris for the album and it turns out Chris is a fan of mine, wow. and so the whole thing just kind of all worked itself out. And, and Chris is a band member now. He he's not leaving Lamb of God, but we have you know I, Jim and I both have other things we can do and he's on the road with them. But he's a member of Nitro now, and uh, he's absolutely fantastic. He's he's my favorite metal drummer. The guy I just love the way he plays. Uh, right. I mean. There's not many people who just, when you listen to drums, you know who it is. And he's one of those. He, he's just got a very distinct style, and he can play anything.
2: Yeah,
0: and of course, he played on a lot of people's favorite, one of their favorite records of last year, which was the new Megadeth record. Chris was was on that and, and sounded mm-hmm. just awesome on that. You know, I, I, I never read this anywhere, but I kind of assumed that when he stopped playing with Megadeth. I was like, well, he must not have any time for anything other than Lamb of God. And again, I never read that anywhere. That was just my own assumption. Uh, So Mm -hmm. it kind of surprised me, you you know, that, you know, here he is joining Nitro and he does have time for for some other music besides Lamb of God.
1: He's super busy. And, you know, one of the bonuses that came with, with Chris is that he's worked with a producer named Josh Wilbur since uh, you know for the last ten years since Redneck, and so he's you know Josh has produced every every Lamb of God album. He mixed the latest Megadeth album, and so Chris said you know he'd really like to bring Josh on board, and so you know we spoke with spoke with Josh. So Josh is the producer of the new album, and man, it's, it's sounding great. Cool. It's it's sounding incredible.
0: Now you know you guys had. Of course OFR back in in 1989 then uh, there was the mm-hmm. uh the hot wet dripping with sweat, with sweat yep. record in 1991 and you know th- those did have aggressive metal sounds on them but at times there were softer more commercial hooky metal things going mm-hmm. on on those records Wh- what do you think or I mean well you probably already know what is the direction of of this new music that Nitro is putting together is it Is it a nod to the past is it is it more modern or a little of both
1: well i you know I'm, I mean my career has not stopped since nitro you know i've done twelve solo albums, and you know my skills are still really right on and and, and I you know not, i I think the razors are sharp still and so what we decided to do, Jim is you know he's a... Uh, Jim Gillette is a five-time mixed martial arts champion now. Right. He is just a walking death machine. But he's all, you know he's an athlete, but also he was a vocal teacher. And, and what I'm getting to is he really didn't go on tour. You know, he's done very well for himself outside of music, and he didn't go on tour and blow out his voice, and he knows how to sing. So, um, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this, he sounds the timbre of his voice, Sounds just like it did on ofr wow. and but there 's something radically different when we did the first nitro especially the first nitro album we didn 't have a producer. Uh, the label wanted to make it sonically abrasive. They told me to play the, only to play fast, they wanted the highest, fastest, and the loudest We kind of they had an idea of this band that 's so over the top we happened to fit the bill. And, and they, they kind of pushed us in that direction and we really didn't get the record we wanted. And and so this time around, I, I would say if, if, we, we nod to the past in only one way that Jim is a singer first. He's not trying to sing in the stratosphere anymore. We have an A-list producer right. that's going to make sure that everything is in. But he's also, Jim's got a, also a great death metal voice that he didn't have back then. Okay. And so he's going to be singing. There's going to be super heavy death sounds. Um, Chris is Chris. Um, I, w- one of the things that, I mean you because we know each other and you know my past Ben Holland oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, before this people don't know me as a songwriter when in fact I am and and this is the thing that I love about working with Josh Wilber. I'm I'm putting you know the, some of the music together you know Jim will hum riffs to me and you know it's a total collaboration but Josh likes the, the way I put together music, and then he slices and dices it and, and arranges it, and and so I, I to categorize what we're doing. If you think part Lamb of God, a very small part, uh, not a to the past. Only that Jim is singing first before right. he screams, and the music is super, super aggressive. I'm, okay. I'm using all seven strings on the guitar. It is, it's mean. <laughs> wow. It's really mean. <laughs> okay, awesome. And, and there's there's no ballads on this album. <laughs>
0: Wow. Okay. So, and, and when do you think we might actually get a release from you guys?
1: Well, we're, we're going to release it uh, this spring. Okay. And wow. we're trying to get a song or two out before so people can hear it. And, and we've got a lot of interest. Uh, you wow. know, we've already had, you know, multiple people trying to book us and labels trying to sign us. And, you know, we're. And it's not to sound arrogant, it, but one of the. Th- uh, and I don't mean, you know, saying we've got all these great things. That's what I mean about not sounding arrogant. But the one thing that I think is so interesting to people and why there's a buzz is that we. this is not the 10th version of Nitro. Right. Nobody, neither Jim or myself, have ever done a show uh, outside of Nitro, calling it Nitro, or doing anything remotely like it. So it's really um, it's almost like we get we're getting a second chance, and yeah. it's uh, to to really do the record that we want, and it's exciting.
0: Yeah, no, I'm 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 thrilled, and like I said, uh, I think I told you before. I don't know if I said it in the interview before we started recording. I had a big smile on my face when I heard about this. It's <laughs> it, it's yeah. uh, it's really great, and I mean, Lamb of God is is such a, a modern metal, you know, sensation, and and the, such a great band and it's just great that Chris would be able to uh you know spend some time with you guys in relaunching Nitro it's very very exciting um you know thanks ba- back back in the day i think a number of years back probably 7 8 years ago at this point you you said something in the press about you know Jim not wanting to do any of the old songs and and you weren't really interested in in redoing Nitro unless unless you could you know play some of those old songs do you do you, think if you're going to be going out playing live we 're going to hear some of the old nitro classics
1: yeah we will yeah you will okay. I think both Jim and I have, you know at at that point in time, I was so involved in my solo career and, and Jim was involved in in his you know life and raising his kids and and all the things that he had going on i think after a while that the timing just was right for this mm-hmm. and you know i and like i said earlier i've done a lot a lot of solo albums 12 of them and i just got there were just it seemed like for well this year for the first time i asked jim if i could play if i you know if he wouldn't mind if i played some nitro songs and i did a tour of europe actually last year and we did about 30 35 cities and I had a great female singer that was on the voice in Italy and she could she could hit some of those notes I mean she was a soprano singer right. like Jim was a you know a male soprano singer and a coloratura right soprano and so but what happened was you know, she's a great singer, but I was getting a lot of Nitro fans coming to the show saying, you know, she's really good, but it just doesn't sound like Nitro with, with, with the way she sings it. You know, only Jim can sing this stuff. And I started thinking to myself, you know, why am I, it's almost like I'm doing covers of my own songs. And, and you know, not mine, but mine and Jim's. And, and I just started thinking about it and I said, you know, why don't I ask him? Right. and I was offered a record deal at the time, and 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 they wanted it, they were interested in nitro, so I talked to Jim, and what what happened was it exploded so fast. once we got Chris, then we got Josh right the, the whole game changed. I mean everything changed. And I, I wish we could announce our bass player, but it's it's equally as cool and shocking. Okay. All right, as, as Chris. okay, because that,
0: that's <laughs> I have a list of questions right here, and, and that's one of the questions: who's the bass player? But if you're not ready I, yeah, to announce I can't it, say it okay.
1: yet, I, I wish I could, but I can't.
0: Ah, oh. uh, you think it's a name that we'll know, or oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, it's right.
1: Grammy award winning, yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. all right, all right. Enough, we, uh, you know. I can't wait to hear hear that. Please. Uh, Please let me know when the press release is going out on that. I, I have to. I have to know. Cool. And and so we're looking at the spring. You you talking with different labels at this point?
1: Well, you know, we're we're not as interested in a record deal at this point. Um, what we're really interested in, first of all, is just get the best music that we can, and, and put out the greatest record that we can, and then start working on the show. And, and you know, we've already got offers uh, to to go on the road and Chris is going to do some stuff with Lamb of God, and and Jim and I also uh, are going to be doing a duo, too, that, uh, okay. you know, kind of like the way I do my solo show, only we'll, Jim and I will do it, we'll background screens and play, plays, you know, a bunch of Nitro songs, and so everybody's going to be really busy. Okay. But um, it, as far as a record company, and and... It's got to be something good. I mean, I've been signed to two major labels. Uh, I've been signed to indie labels. Um, I, had, I had my own record company for many years. They, it's not something that we're actively seeking unless it's really good. Right, and exactly. Because r- as long as the record is great and um, we have a very good publicist, she's great, um, we know how to get things out. And, yeah. and, and the main thing is it's, it generates shows, and that's really, really w- what we're looking at. Okay. I mean, I'm not saying we're not going to sign, but right. we, it just has to be really good.
0: Okay. Sounds good. And uh, you know, I I never trust Wikipedia 100%. So I wanted to ask you about this. On the on the Wikipedia page for for Nitro, it says that there is a 2017 single uh listed for you guys and is this is this true cheer cheer up kudo or kuda no
1: what i i you know it's funny um i was getting messages about that on my social media and i went there and looked um somebody put that up but it was deleted by wikipedia that's not true okay that's nothing hasn't yeah i think i don't know that's uh um Some what whatever they call false news now or, yeah, yeah. or fake post, news yeah yeah, yeah post truth or whatever right. yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah it's not it's not true
0: yeah the alternative truth right yeah so <laughs> yeah. okay yeah. good to know and and that's why i asked because wikipedia is is known for i mean anybody can go on there and write anything so uh, yeah
1: yeah okay. it's kind of scary they have that much power
0: so when when might we hear a, a song again
1: we're trying to release uh, one to three songs. Uh, it should be coming out in March. They should okay. be coming out in March.
0: All right, good, good, cool. And I know you were just out at at NAMM, right?
1: Oh yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: what was going on out there?
1: Well, I I'm uh, I endorse several uh, great companies: Dean Guitars, DV Mark Amps, and. I also, uh, with Neil Turbin, he was the original singer in Anthrax, a Fistful of Metal. Um, we've been doing a, a jam, like a celebrity jam, for the last 10 years. So we started at the Whiskey in Hollywood, and it's all coinciding. It's, you know We usually have it on Wednesday, the day before the, the first day of Nam, And we moved it uh, to Orange County. And this year we annexed with uh, Brian Tishy. And and his production of he has three shows. One day's a tribute to Rush. Next day's a tribute to Randy Rhodes. The next day is a tribute to John Bonham. And so we we annexed our jam with the with the tribute to Rush and did it at a beautiful theater called the Yost Theater. So that was on Wednesday night. And we had 50 different performers. And we got them all in in three hours. And then Thursday night I played the Randy Rhodes uh, Remembered concert, and Brian right. Tishy was on drums. Uh, um, we had uh, Phil on bass that that played with Ozzy Osbourne. Phil Suzanne, Suzanne. Yeah. 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 And uh, we had Chaz West singing. He's amazing. And and uh, we we did that song No Bone Movies. It was totally right. cool. Oh, awesome. <laughs> I've never played that song before. You know, I didn't really. You know, it's not one of Ozzy's uh, biggest biggest songs, but I loved it. And yeah. and Brian gave me a list of songs to do, and I could have done ones. That were more well known, but I thought let's tackle this one, and it came out great. But uh, then, in addition to that, you know, I did autograph signings, and I have new signature guitars, new pedals, you know, all the the signature stuff. So it was a really busy NAMM, and I loved every second of it.
0: Cool, and you know, you know, it's one. Of you, speaking of your products, I. I, I... I'm thinking of buying the the string dampener, the the Badio string damper. Uh, mm-hmm. Can can you talk a little bit about that and what it actually does? Because you know, I'm obviously not the virtuoso that you are or anything, but I I really think that that could be a, a piece of equipment that even you know a, a intermediate guitar player like myself could could benefit from because I love the fact that I could even do like angus young style hammer-ons and pull-offs and it's and i'm if if i'm sloppy and i hit one of those other strings you're not going to hear it you know
1: Mm -hmm. well the idea uh for the dampener for me started when i was watching a deal concert a long long time ago in the 80s and i I remember uh so you know the guitarist wrapping like putting like a bandana around his guitar to dampen the strings. And I thought there's got to be something better than that. And so what I did was I did some research and I found, uh, I got this idea for a string dampener. And I use piano dampening felt. And what it does is it stops the unwanted string noise right. for tapping. And, you know, in the studio, a lot of people will wrap handkerchiefs around their sure. uh, yep. guitar, you know, it makes it cleaner. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a well-known technique and, and uh, you know, you can't do it live, but especially for tapping or if you're playing really rapid fire riffs, you put that down and it just blocks it all out. And you can put it down on the first fret, or you can move it all the way up to the top of the second. It will block the strings all the way down the neck. And the cool thing about it is you don't have to drill into your guitar, and when you're done playing it, you just lift it and put it out of the way. And, and as you've seen, it's, I've got two of them on my double guitar, and, and in the studio when I'm recording, they're always on.
0: And always. so what is it, clamp around the back of, of the headstock then? Is that how it works?
1: Yeah, there's there's two thumb screws and and I have a patent on it. It's my patent. And and uh we just had a we just renewed it for the next 10 years. And and they're available now from a company called Chromacast for like 1998. Right. And and uh it's you know very reasonably priced, but yeah, what they do is it's kind of a it's like an like a it's looks like like a U except it's you know kind of you know it's square, it's you know angular. And what you do is you slide it under the strings and then you just put one thumb screw on the top, one on the bottom. It takes a few minutes. You know, it goes over the truss rod of the guitar and it's behind the nut and and before the tuning keys. Put it on, done. Finito. Cool. <laughs> and then you play.
0: Yeah. Really unique great piece of equipment and uh we'll Thanks. we'll link it through today's show notes on on talkingmetal.com as well as your website which is angelo.com, right? Correct. Mhm. Cool. And you know there's so many people that that are fans of yours that that I'm always kind of surprised to hear about and and happy to hear about. Chris Adler, you you mentioned as as being one of them, but uh, you know, I I loved the story about hearing about Dimebag who was it didn't actually take. Personal lessons, one on one with you, but didn't he? Stu- didn't he tell you he studied your, your yeah, instructional he st- video? He studied
1: my video. Right. You know, one of the things, and, and you know, I, I've you know, I've had a great career, and it's it's. I mean, this year's amazing too. I mean, I'm you know already booked to go to Russia, Europe. I mean, it's all it's oh, everything awesome. rocket. And uh, but one of the things that's been the most fulfilling for me is that I'm, and I, I don't know if I can. Say it humbly or not, but right. this is what happened. I released groundbreaking instructional videos. I mean, I've been playing my whole life. Not many people tour more than me, or, or uh, and, and fly more than me that are that are in music. And I've never been hurt. But my techniques um, are based on. I, I looked at classical piano. Um, I did the very first shred instructional video ever, ever. Right. And, and and so and people like Paul Gilbert, theirs all came after mine. And any, even some riffs that he's known for, this thing called the Gargoyle Riff, it's all on my first instructional video. Yeah. And I don't know why he got known for them, but it's on mine. And, and the dates are the dates. I mean, the facts are the facts. But what's happened is, over the years, I released two iconic ones. One was called a Starlix video. That's what, what Dimes studied. Yeah. And then the second was called Speed Kills. And and so many famous guitarists. Um, John Petrucci um, studied uh, my my Starlux video. Dimebag, uh, it, it was um, Michael Romeo from Symphony X. I was uh, hanging out with Herman Lee uh, at, at uh, the NAMM show. He studied Speed Kills. Wow. Corey from Trivium studied Speed Kills. And it's it just it's amazing how many famous players have used my techniques and. You know, there there are people like Eddie Van Halen that obviously have changed the way guitars played from a commercial standpoint, but what I was able to do is change the way guitars play from a technical standpoint. And that's and that's something that I mean, things that I taught on these videos are taught in curriculums all over the world. And I know well, people know speed kills that, that play guitar. I went to China recently, and I have a, a, a great thing. I, I, I talk about speed and technique, and I, and I say in the video, I'm going to give you the keys to the Lamborghini. Right. And just that phrase alone, I hear it all the time. Yeah. And, you know, Brazil, Kiko, uh, you know, he told me he studied my Starlix video. Even Joe Bonamassa has seen my stuff. Ted Nugent told me he, was, he didn't study it, but he said he was watching my Starlix video. Yeah. I mean, it's just incredible, and, yeah. and I'm honored, and I'm ah. grateful.
0: I bought that Starlux video back in the day. It was a VHS, and it had a little book uh, that came with it, and I, I used to s- practice and play the exercises, and I don't have the VHS anymore, but I actually still do have the book that, <laughs> that came with it. So it's uh, it was a great video, and it, is that available online anywhere?
1: Yes, I bought the rights back from Hal Leonard, oh, and so okay. I own it, and... and- yeah, there's a company called Metal Method that, that still has speakhills They're the ones selling it now. But the the great thing about back then and uh, about that video is that there w- there was no software uh, that you could do tablature.
2: Right, it
1: all had to be handwritten. And Wolf Marshall, who's a really great guitarist, he's, he's done sure. a lot of uh, you know things with guitar. Uh, he was the one who transcribed all the riffs. I didn't need Wolf to do that. I did it myself because I have a degree in music. I, I transcribed my own booklet. and I was the only artist that could even do it. Wow. A, and uh, it was pretty cool. And Wolf helped me only, you know, to make sure in, in a sense, you know, how it was going to be printed. So, But he was a great help on it. And, uh, but I actually uh, transcribed and notated it myself.
0: Very cool. Well, it's always great talking with you, Michael. And uh, how far into the record are you right now? Are you still recording? You're in the writing stages? You you done recording? Where where are where, where are we at?
1: Well, we've we've recorded three songs so far, and and uh, see Josh, the the producer, he was moving into a new house. You know, just some of the the personal rock and roll stuff. So we recorded three songs uh, before Christmas. And then um, we're finishing them up now, then we're going to go back in, in the studio and record the rest of, of the record. Okay. And so, so we're doing it in stages, but it will be out this spring. I mean, I'm, in fact, I was working on it earlier today, and just everybody's got their part. And, and, awesome. and so the writing's pretty much done, uh, but the way Josh works... It's really incredible and inspirational to have a Grammy Award-winning producer listen to your music and say, okay, yeah, this is great, this is cool, okay, we're going to do this, this, and we just let him run with it. You know, we give him finished demos of, of how we hear the music, and he takes it, he just bumps it up to a whole other level. Awesome. It's just incredible.
0: Cool. Well, I can't wait to hear who this bass player is. I'm excited for that news. When do you think we'll hear?
1: <laughs> uh, it should be pretty soon.
0: Soon. Really okay. soon. All right. Very good. Always great talking with you, Mike. Thanks so much for checking in with us.
1: Oh, thanks, Mark.
0: A little old-school Holland here on Talking Metal. That one was called Wake Up the Neighborhood off the uh, Little Monsters record. Yeah, I remember seeing Holland like tons and tons of times with uh, Angelo Beto, usually at a club called The Thirsty Whale. I believe I saw him a couple other places, though, too. And then Michael left to go to L.A., and the band continued, and I did see one show with them, with the guy who replaced Michael. I can't remember his name. And I thought they released like a, a cassette or or maybe a an independent record with that guy. But I, I guess I'm wrong because there's no record of that anywhere online. Um, and I don't know who that guy was. And I remember, you know, I kind of felt bad for the guy because Michael was always such a monster player and hear this guy he had all these kids just like Michelangelo badio fans like myself just staring him down saying eh, he's good but not as good as Michael you know so I'm sure whoever he was it had to be a lot of pressure but uh yeah those are the days man Holland and these are the days Nitro with freaking Chris Adler oh wow very exciting news and a big thanks to Michael for speaking with us here on the podcast. Give me a call, guys. I know you guys are listening and you have your cell phone right there. Right now, pick up the freaking phone and dial me and leave me a message. All right? We got the hotline opened. It is voicemail. And what I do is then I play it on a future episode and comment on it. All right? So the um, I don't have the – I'm typing it up right now because I don't have the number memorized. But uh, let's see here. It's always listed in the show notes on TalkingMetal.com. See, it's weird. Now I'm at TalkingMetal.com, and it's like a slow load time. So I do believe there are some issues with the load time, and I actually do have somebody working on that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's still freaking loading. What the fuck? So I do think there are issues with the load time, but I'm glad that it works because, it, you know, it's weird. It works for me sometimes, Anthony, and other times it's it's slow. But anyways, go to the site. We're getting things fixed. We're getting things updated. And uh, check it out. We got Michel Fon show up there. Metal raps and, of course, Talking Metal. And again, that hotline is 973-757-1917. Call me right now. 973-757-1917. Again, that's listed in the show notes. Use our Amazon links. Leave me a PayPal donation. Write a review on iTunes. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram. It's Talking Metal uh, is the Instagram page. And uh, listen to our show, man. Cool. Spread the word. Love you guys. Thank you. I'll talk to you next time. And let's finish up right now with a little Nitro. This is I Want You. Off the hot, wet dripping with sweat record